Hello and welcome to the Raw Central podcast from rawcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, the news editor. I'm Monique Blocks, the assistant editor. And I'm Brittany Barger, the deputy editor. And this is a special Royal Central podcast all about a royal wedding. Usually when we have a royal wedding, we get to do a podcast beforehand to look forward to it and then one afterwards to look yep. at what happened. But this is the royal wedding that took us all by surprise. The marriage of Princess Beatrice, Princess Beatrice of York, as she was as she walked into the church, and Eduardo Mapelli Mozzi, which took place, do I'll be saying in secret or privately, on July the 17th, 2020. <laughs> Privately. I think, yeah, I think we saw them private. <laughs> private? I like secret. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gives it a different air. I, yeah. It's a bit more fun, but I, I think it's better. It was definitely private because we knew they were getting married, but secret's more fun to say, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But it did take us all by surprise. There we were yeah. quite happily on a Friday thinking, what are we going to put on the site this weekend? We need a story. And then suddenly. Okay. <laughs> I am. Yeah, there was a story. There was Princess Beatrice married. The photographs were the first indication we got, weren't they? It was just announced and then there she was underneath that big arch of pink flowers. Yeah. It was a, it was a surprise. Definitely. I, I expected them to uh, postpone it for a bit longer, I guess, because, you know, you know, every bride wants a, no, not every bride, but I guess most brides want a big wedding. And I don't know, I guess I expected them to wait for the restrictions to lift. I did too. I yeah. did too. Yeah, poor Beatrice has had so much that has impacted her wedding that she's been forced to change it or downgrade it or just different things. So I really thought that she, she would be waiting until everything had calmed down and that maybe we had a vaccine to where she could have the big wedding that her sister had and her cousins had, which... After all that she's gone through, she really deserved the big, yeah. the big wedding. I think. Yeah, because it was originally set for May the 29th of this year. She was going to get married at the Chapel Royal St James's Palace, and then she was going to get the big reception at Buckingham Palace, wasn't she? That was the real royal aspect of it. Yeah. We expected the marriage at, at the Chapel Royal to be discreet and low key because you can only see people walking from the palace into the chapel. There wasn't going to be, you know, yeah. any chance of crowds gathering outside there. But she was going to have the big party at Buckingham Palace, and of course, at the end of March, once lockdown hit the UK, weddings were stopped. They were allowed from July the 4th. I kind of had in my head that she'd wait till May next year and just kind of go back to the Chapel Royal and go back to Buckingham Palace. Yeah. Suddenly she she arranged this wedding with the help of her mom and her now mother-in-law in two weeks. They got a special license of some description and they were married at the Royal Peculiar, the Royal Chapel of All Saints in Windsor, yeah. which I think most of us had forgotten existed. Until... Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, did, I didn't know it existed personally. <laughs> I, I didn't either, so. <laughs> but it looked nice yeah, <laughs> from the outside. It's very near to Royal Lodge, isn't it, mm -hmm. where um, the Duke of York currently stays, and it was all within the grounds of Windsor, so there was no way anyone could really know until it was done and dusted. It's not somewhere that yeah. people got access to. Yeah, so definitely private. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Separate, just depending <laughs> on what movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it, you know, they made the announcement and then they held off on the photos until the next day because of the investor, investiture of, um, Oh, Captain Tom. Captain yes. Tom. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I forgot his name there for a second. 
honestly, Brittany, you, if you when next time you're in the UK, don't forget Captain Tom's name. That's right. You know, I think that's Tower of London immediately. It's a national <laughs> My defense, I've never been to the UK. I've been to Asia. I've not been to Europe yet. So. <laughs> just need to remember his name now. So when you set foot on soil and they show you the picture, you go, That's, that is Captain Sir Tom Moore as he is now. <laughs> Queen gave him a knighthood. We're good. <laughs> she did. So we all knew that was happening on July the 17th. He was having this special one-on-one investiture from the Queen at Windsor Castle but then just ahead of it we got the announcement that Beatrice had got married and actually the first indication that anything had gone on was that the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh were photographed driving back weren't they from the Royal Chapel of All Saints to Windsor Castle the Queen in her wedding hat having just seen her granddaughter get married so it it kind of had a very special family feel but it was nothing like the royal wedding we were expecting. No, and we've had so little indication of what went on, so we really only have those two photos, or three photos, I guess, to go on. And uh, I'm glad she got that photo with her, uh, with the, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, and everybody looks happy, so that's so that's good. But I just wish we had a little bit more. It's, it is a royal wedding, after all. Yeah, we don't know very much about it at all, like you say, do we? We know it was um, conducted according to the rights of the Church of England because the Royal Chapel of All Saints is a Church of England church. It's a royal peculiar, so it's under the jurisdiction of the Queen rather than the local diocese. That's it. We know we know what Beatrice wore. We know she had friends and family with her, but it's going to be a very limited number because at the moment you can only have 30 people at a wedding in the UK, and that includes the vicar and the photographer and anyone else that you need in there, bride and groom, or bride and bride, groom and groom, and then guests. So yeah. it was a very small select gathering, but we've not really even had a guest list, have we? Mm. We only know that, obviously, the Queen and Duke of Edinburgh, uh, both sets of parents and siblings were there. So um, Princess Eugenie and her husband Jack were there, and then... Um, his his siblings i think he has a brother and sister i would assume they were there um and if i don't know if they have any children but if they do i would you know maybe they were there um and of course his son was there wasn't he wolfie is eduardo's son from a previous relationship and he was the best man at the wedding so that's kind of one more tiny little (laughs) nugget of information that we have about what happened inside the church but we know that beatrice walked in as Princess Beatrice of York, and she came out as Princess Beatrice, Mrs. Mapelli Mozzi, as we must now call her. I might stick to Beatrice of York, it's easier to write. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we got all the lovely photos. We did have to wait a little while for them, as you said, Brittany, because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't want to take the spotlight away from Captain Sir Tom, who's raised so much money and brought so much morale to the UK during this very challenging time. But then suddenly there was Beatrice. And again, more surprises, because who would have thought she'd wear her granny's frock to get married in? Not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. I was very shocked by the dress. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was I, not my taste. <laughs> I had I zoomed in on the photo and kind of blinked a few times trying to figure out if I was really seeing what <laughs> I was seeing. Um, because it, it, it was not... Yeah. The royal wedding dress that I had expected, but given the private wedding, you know, that may not have been, well, that we, it wasn't the dress from what we understand that she had originally chosen because the queen's um, special dresser 
had, I think they said two weeks to get that dress altered and fixed to, to Beatrice's size and add the sleeves and everything for the church. So, um, we don't know why she switched, obviously. Um, maybe her original dress was too, too grand for that private wedding. Um, could be. Because you know. yeah, it was designed, I suppose, not just with the Chapel Royal at St. James's Palace in mind, but with Buckingham Palace. She mm-hmm. was expecting to have a reception at Buckingham Palace to be stood on those famous steps in the back garden. You were going to have photographs there. So you presume it's quite a big dress because that's the thing about a royal wedding dress. It does have to kind of be large, doesn't it? You usually expect some kind of train to fill out whatever Mm. huge space you're in and I know when the wedding was announced there was loads of speculation on social media was she going to wear a tea dress or was she just in a suit or a kind of that love you know that uh pink lace dress that Princess Grace wore for her civil wedding that kind of style was it going to be more kind of day wear rather than a full-length dress but we kind of got a bit of a halfway house which I think has ended up dividing people hasn't it because Mm. It belonged to the Queen. She yeah. wore it several times in the 60s. It was designed by Norman Hartnell. So even in death, he continues to be the House of Windsor's go-to royal wedding dress designer. But it just, for me, it did feel like it was a last-minute pick. Yeah. I think people loved that it was the Queen's dress, but it didn't really work for Beatrice that well. So, and... And then, of course, the tiara, the famous tiara. I guess that that uh, I like that one a lot better than the dress. I did. Yeah, I that was a lovely pick because yeah. I thought that first photo we saw of them coming out of the church with that fabulous arch of yeah. flowers, which looked amazing, and you could only see a little bit of the dress and the tiara. I think, oh, gorgeous! Yeah, that's lovely. not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you see the dress more in those photos they released as a thank you afterwards, where you can just, for me, what what kind of spoils the line of it is that that lump of fabric sewn on the bottom because obviously mm. Beatrice is taller than the Queen so they needed to extend the skirt somehow and that's what jars for me and in, in the dress look yeah definitely I, th- I could have handled the, the sleeves without the addition at the bottom mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think to the um I mean the tiara choice I think was perfect and a really sweet tribute back to her grandmother who wore it her at her own wedding but the tiara was kind of too big and too grand for the dress yeah the dress the dress and the tiara did not work together together. yeah Um, and i'm assuming that that's probably the tiara she had always planned to wear Mm. um and so maybe with the other dress it would have looked perfect perfect (laughs) i agree i think that Queen and it's made from diamonds that were given to Queen Mary by Queen Victoria and Queen Mary after George V died gave the tiara to the woman we call the Queen Mother and then Princess Anne wore it so it's got all of these links to all of these generations of royal women and and I think it was lovely that Beatrice as kind of the granddaughter that's highest up in the line of succession got to wear it in the next generation and and I'm really pleased she got all those special links with the Queen because her wedding has gone through so many ups and downs, but to have that kind of special seal of approval from her granny, I think is is lovely. Yeah, definitely. And they all look really happy, which is what's most important. I mean, as long as they're happy, 
Our opinions don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And they did look happy. And the thing yeah. is, I mean, all right, the dress isn't to everyone's taste, but Beatrice looked beautiful. All brides look beautiful on their wedding day. She looked, like you said, really, really happy and really, really lovely. And they're obviously very content with one another. He posted that glowing tribute, including poetry, to her on Instagram, took it down 30 seconds later. And I think he realised that the photos had been put out somewhere else yet. Too late, you know, too late. <laughs> but they do seem very very happy together and you can only wish them well because they've had they've had such a bumpy road to the altar for so many completely unpredictable reasons reasons Mm -hmm. completely outside their control that in some ways maybe having this smaller wedding secret private wedding (laughs) (laughs) it put put all the focus on them rather than the run-up being more debate about issues that have plagued Beatrice since she announced her engagement with the controversy that hangs over her father and his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and questions about whether he should be involved in a big wedding should we see Andrew should he walk his daughter down the aisle all of that was forgotten because by the time we learned about the wedding they were married and it was was about Eduardo yeah yeah that's what's most important that the wedding was about the couple that was getting married and it it does bring to an end doesn't it kind of a chapter in royal wedding history because this is if we're being brutally honest it's probably the last time we will see the queen and the duke of edinburgh witness one of their grandchildren getting married um that sounds really harsh doesn't it but lady louise is 17 this year and james viscount seven is 13 the chances are sadly they won't have their grandparents with them on this special day so we've kind of we've come to the end of that chapter of the Windsor Windsor wedding history started with Peter Phillips in 2008 2007 2008 a long time ago anyway sadly they've separated but we've had six weddings of grandchildren all very different in their own way finishing rather discreetly and low-key yeah Mm -hmm. I think it's also one of the last you know major weddings we will have in a few years time because mm-hmm. there's a big gap right now <laughs> yeah there is we're coming yeah. into that because obviously there is a generation of especially young princesses who will one day be queens so when they get married they're going to be massive weddings but yeah. the oldest of them is elizabeth of belgium and she's only just turned 18 so we're looking probably at 10 12 15 years before we hit another run of raw weddings yeah mm-hmm. what are you gonna do lydia I don't know. Do you get old? Because I'll be in my 60s by the time yeah. I get married. I mean, that's enough to depress me. <laughs> Sorry. I'll be the old granny in the corner going, I remember when Diana got married. And I'll be like, yeah, we know. Be quiet. <laughs> but royal weddings are kind of, I don't, I don't want to say an easy hit for royal families, but they, they are always popular people always enjoy them even the ones that run into bumps along the way like Beatrice's at the end of the day everyone's always happy to see a happy couple a happy family and all the lovely things that go with weddings that actually for all European royal families 10 years 15 years without those that's quite a big gap isn't it I mean they always provide provide a bit of a fill-up I mean Sweden Brittany just had the most fantastic run starting from 2010 like for five years it was just basically babies and tiaras all the way <laughs> mm-hmm. it it was was great. Great. babies 
<laughs> yeah, we have shower on a baby, and we've got the whole set there. Yeah. There we go. Now there could be two more weddings actually. Um, younger in Luxembourg, you have Princess Alexandra and Prince Sebastian. That's true, but then we don't Those get quite are... excited, do we, about younger siblings? <laughs> no, no, it's not that exciting. <laughs> we need, we... yeah. They might fill the gap of, of royal weddings, though. That's true. We, we might get a little bit of a gap filled within the next five five years to help the 10 to 15 year gap. This gap that's <laughs> aching out in front of us. But I suppose from a PR point of view, and so much about royalty is PR, and that's in the news as well, isn't it? People talking about the PR image of various royal families and how they keep their image positive. Things like weddings do give you that kind of leg up the popularity ladder when you really need it. And actually, if we look at Europe now, what's ahead of us is actually quite an empty time, isn't it? Because you need a royal wedding before you get a royal baby. I know times are changing, but let's take <laughs> it not that much. Yeah, but It's all got kind of quiet, hasn't it? It's, it's a time when actually they might be under a lot more scrutiny, but they've not got the fallback of, of lots of glitter right to help make them sparkle yeah it's actually pretty gloomy what we have ahead yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was trying not to say that yeah i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some monarchies where actually the next big event will be a changeover won't it? yeah 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 let's not think about that yet yeah let's yeah. get back to the weddings because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are happy discussions yeah <laughs> they are happy discussions i suppose as we've come to the end of the kind of the windsor grandchildren's weddings shall we all pick a favorite one that we'll always remember from the six grandchildren's weddings that the queen attended which one really stands out well my personal favorite moment is still the moment that uh, the Duchess of Sussex, or Meghan as she was back then, walked down the aisle with the lights and the music. So uh, that was my favorite moment. Not the whole wedding per se, but that moment. I think I'd have to go with William and Kate's wedding, just because that was the first royal wedding that I watched. Mm. And I was in my first year at university, and actually we were doing my entire English class we had it was based on love stories and so we had to do a big project at the end about somebody's love story and it happened to coincide with the royal wedding so I was able to actually use the royal wedding as my project which was fun because the project was actually um we had to present it on the morning of April 29th 2011 so I stayed up all night watching the wedding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I had to go to class and you know I was like a zombie but it's like it she, she wore this dress and there was a kiss two kisses on the balcony and I went back to my dorm and to sleep I went so I think that's probably why it's so memorable yeah I suppose I got it. it's the most famous of them isn't it yeah. Yeah, because it got the most attention I think my favorite royal wedding moment although it's it's nowhere near the most famous of the weddings was Zara's when she came out of the church and for literally just a moment a nanosecond in time Princess Anne looked emotional I still (laughs) remember that (laughs) doesn't happen often so no (laughs) it sticks in the memory well look we've got loads about the royal wedding Beatrice's wedding 
other royal weddings. I think we've got a piece in our star section coming up very soon about our favourite royal wedding dresses. It's all on the site. There's even a special page on the website all about royal weddings. If you click interests at the top, there's royal weddings and you will find loads of information about that. And we'll have another podcast for you very soon. But we will say thank you for listening for now and goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.